0: Log Talk Radio. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, and welcome to another episode of Purpose Kingdom Network. You are listening to episode 1908 with One Touch Transformation, and I am your host, Arsenius Colvin, and I am so excited to speak to you tonight. I have something great in store for you. God has been good, and I cannot wait to share the good news. I hope that you've had a wonderful Tuesday. I hope your week is off to a great start. I hope that you're just expecting nothing but greatness and expecting God to just move in your life and in the life of your family and your loved ones. You know, so much is going on in the world, and there's so much that we can dwell on, that we can complain about. But instead of doing that, we should just take the moment and just tell God, thank you for his blessings. And just even for life itself, we should just take the time to just be thankful that things are as well as they are. Because as the old saying says, the old folks used to say, it could have been the other way. And truly, it really could have been the other way. But Thanks be unto God who gives us the victory over every trial, over every tribulation, over every circumstance, over every situation. Even if you're going through a situation even right now, I want you to go ahead and thank God for the victory because we know that with Jesus we do have the victory. Even when the situation doesn't look like it, when it doesn't feel like it, but as long as we have Jesus on our side, as long as we just depend on him, we can count on him to bring us through everything, every time. So, again, thank you for tuning in for another episode of Purpose Kingdom Network. I am your host, Arthenius Colvin, with One Touch Transformation, where our mission is to educate the community about sexual abuse while encouraging and empowering all victims and survivors. I'm so grateful to be able to speak to you tonight. I'm grateful for the opportunity, and I'm just putting this out there right now. It's starting to storm, so just in case the line does get cut, just want you to know that I'm okay, but there is a storm out. It's starting to thunder and lightning out there, but, you know, we're going to do what we can, (laughs) and also, please forgive me. um, I'm battling with the cold right now, but, you know, God is still good. We're going to go on, nevertheless but thank you for tuning in again if this is your first time I'll tell you a little bit about myself and about one touch transformation so again my name is Arsenius. i grew up in a small town called hartsville in south carolina and that's where i was educated I Went to school at Prince mary university in florence where i received my bachelor's in journalism and mass communication i furthered my education with um a master's in psychology and the reason why i went back to get it in psychology because at the time I was starting my nonprofit, One Touch Transformation. So One Touch Transformation is my baby. I started it back in 2014, so it's almost 10 years old. I'm so proud of it and proud of the work that my my team and I would have been able to accomplish all the things that we've accomplished. And I'll give you a little bit more details about it as I continue. to talk. One Touch Transformation is a part of my testimony. It's a, a part of my story. It's the reason, my story is the reason why I started the organization. So I am a survivor and a strong advocate of sexual abuse and childhood sexual abuse. So when I was around the age of six, I was molested by a family member and kept silent for 20 years. It was one of those taboo topics, which it still is. I was ashamed, afraid to speak up about it. And so that was, you know, some of the reasons why I kept silent. So throughout those 20 years, I was still able to excel in school, even though I didn't speak up about it. My family was still unaware of everything that had been going on internally. And, you know, I know that when I first talked about it, my parents especially were faulting themselves. But, you know, at the end of the day, I had to tell them and remind them constantly, like, it was not your fault because I did not say anything about it. It wasn't your fault. You didn't know. And so I had to reassure them that I not once that I hate them, I didn't blame them, because I knew they were not responsible for what happened. My uncle was. He made that decision. So that was not on them. But I I finally found my voice 20 years later, so it was in 2013, when I finally spoke up and shared with my family of what had occurred to me when I was younger. And it was the hardest, but one of the best decisions that I had ever made because it was the day that I began to find freedom. It was the day I started my healing journey. And it was the day I decided that I wanted to be free. And so I told a lot of people, you know, when I go and speak, I told them like, look, healing, it is available, but you have to want it. You have to make the decision. At the end of the day, it's up to you. No one can make the decision for you to want to be healed. If you want it, go after it. If you want freedom, go after it. Because the cool thing about it is that God makes it available for all of us. And so it's not just limited to me or to the next person, but it's limited to each and every one of you who feel like you are bound, and especially bound from your your past. Childhood hurts. Whatever you may have, have had to deal with, you do not have to allow your childhood or your past to dictate who God has destined you to become. And so I started One Touch Transformation because it was that initial touch. It was the initial touch that that transformed my life, but transformed my life for the better. Because I I felt like Joseph, what the enemy meant for evil, God meant it for my good. So although I had to endure that traumatic experience and, and not just the experience itself, but people fail to realize that there are so many effects that come with sexual abuse. I mean, and I'm talking about the after effects, the effects that, that pour into your adulthood. So it was one thing going through the experience, but it was another thing having to deal with my adult life, and and even now. So although I speak freedom, although I speak healing, there are still moments There are still moments that I have to, you know, go through, but I can say it's easier. It's easier to go through them. It's easier to deal with because I've been on this journey now for 20 years and I I have learned so much about it. I've learned, I've learned where my stress is. Ultimately, it is from God, but I've also learned how to deal with my triggers. I've learned how to deal with the, the things that that will cause me to fall back into that trend. So as you take that journey, you learn so much about yourself, you learn about your body. And, and part of that is from me going through therapy. And so I highly recommend therapy. There is nothing wrong with therapy. There's nothing wrong with going to talk with a counselor. So often in our community, in, in, in our black community, in our church community, we don't want to talk about therapy. We don't want to recommend therapy, but there's nothing wrong with therapy. I attended therapy, um, group therapy. I, I I enjoyed it because it gave me an opportunity to learn about me, to learn about why my body reacts the way that it does, why my mind thinks the way that it does. But don't get me wrong, I still love Jesus. I still have my word. I still have my prayer life. So it's a combination of, the, of it all that has allowed me to get to where I am today, and that's what gives me the strength to even talk about it even now. I mean, I never thought ten years ago that I'd be able to, you know, smile and share my story and, and help others, but through God, with the help of God and with his strength, I've been able to do just that. And I enjoy sharing my story. I enjoy talking about how God has strengthened me throughout these years and and I and I I want this for everyone else or anyone else who may be suffering from the pain in their past. I want them to experience True freedom, true healing, and true deliverance that is my desire and, and that is what that is what I want to happen when I do share my story so that's that's what one touch transformation has been about for me personally but we've we've been able to do so many projects even throughout the ten years I really don't have time to go through everything but you can visit our Facebook page and go through our pictures and everything that we've been able to do within our communities here in South Carolina, and it has just been a blessing, a blessing to me, a blessing to my team, and a blessing to every life that we have impacted. And I give all glory to God. It was nothing that I could have done, but it was all to the glory of God. And so that's just a little smidget about me and a little smidget about One Touch Transformation, but that's not what tonight's show is about. I just had to throw that out there so you'll know where I am, you know, why I do what I do, why I believe the way that I do, and we'll go from there. <laughs> so, again, thank you for tuning in tonight, whether you're listening to Online or if you're listening by phone. So remember, if you are listening online, you can call the number 319-527-6091 and press the number one if you'd like to make a comment or chime in if you hear something that kind of piques your interest or if you got, you know, share something that's burning on the inside. And if you're already listening by phone, all you have to do is press the number one and we'll bring you in on the line. So, let's get started. All right, so tonight, um, uh, if you looked at the the promotion that I put up or the graphic, I have attack, prevent, contribute. Those are the words that I have on it. And in the background is a football field, in, you know, inside the stadium. And I use that because it is football season, one of the greatest seasons. Would you agree, (laughs) one of the greatest seasons. You know, it's it's the season that we all look forward to at the end of summer. Like when summer is over, everyone's ready for football, right? Cheer for your favorite team. and And even if it's not your favorite team playing, we're watching football, whether it's college or whether it's NFL. And, you know, and even high school. Speaking of, it is my high school reunion this weekend. As far, well, it's homecoming, so there's going to be a big game this weekend. (laughs) But anywho, it is football season, one of the greatest seasons. I love it. It's fall time, weather's changing, which I love because I am so over summertime, so over this heat. We've had record breaking, you know, it's record breaking, um, uh, temperatures. Yes. Record breaking, breaking temperatures and and I believe it's been everywhere. Not just here in the south, but it's been everywhere. So one of the best things about football season, the weather is cooler. You can enjoy it. Um, people are bringing out the, the the pumpkin spice. I've already seen the the posts about the pumpkin pumpkin spice flavor coffee. Everyone's ready for it. Ready for sweaters, turtlenecks, scarves. You know, we're just ready to get warm. At least I am, as far as well, not ready for it to get warm, but ready to dress warm for this cool weather. Now, maybe Northerners feel a little different about it because I know y'all have some extra cold weather up there, but down here, our cool weather weather, our winter, there it is bearable. So I'm ready for it. But yes, so attack, prevent, contribute. So this past weekend, we had our youth weekend at church, and we did a whole football thing. And so when I was looking up a few things I found a lot of interesting things that relate to our spiritual life and you know we can compare our life to a game you know I think it was a uh, a game called the game of life I remember playing when I was a young young girl And so I found a lot of interesting things as far as when it relates to just you know football itself So if you're if you're not a football fan some of the things I may say You know, you may not understand or it may not sound familiar, but I promise you it's, it's it's not difficult at all. You'll be able to understand what I'm saying as I'm going through it. But when I was looking up things that relate to our spiritual life and football, I learned quite a few things, or I wouldn't say I learned, but a lot of things were kind of came to a remembrance. I was kind of reminded, and they kind of rejuvenated me and kind of got me back in the game, as to speak, so to speak. But when we're talking about the game of football, and these are some of the same things I, I explained to the youth when we were going through the lesson, there are three components as far as the, the type of team when we're talking about a single football team. <laughs>
1: Excuse me.
0: <clears throat> I do apologize. But when we're talking about a, a team, you take one team, for example, there are three parts to that team. So you have the, the offense, you have defense, and you have special teams. All right? So offense, defense, special teams. Uh, quite often, special teams is overlooked because it's very rare that things occur during the times when they're on the field. And I wouldn't even say very rare. I will just say interesting things can happen when they're on the field with special teams. But, but they're overlooked. But they do some special things, which is why they're called special, special teams. And there are some things that they do that, you know, that wouldn't necessarily happen during the offense or the defense when they're on the field. All right, so we've got our offense, our defense, and our special team. So when we're talking about relating it to our spiritual life, first of all, first of all, like I want everyone to know this and to understand this, we are all on the same team. When we're talking about being chosen, believers, Christians, we should all be on the same team. And I I understand, I, I know, sometimes it may not seem like it, Based off the things that we see and we hear, based off the things, excuse me, so-called Christians say and do, it may not appear like we are on the same team, but we should be on the same team. But we are on the same team. If you're living for God, if you're calling yourself a believer, we are on the same team, all right? And our adversary, our opponent, our nemesis, the enemy, the devil, that's who we're going up against. Each and every day, each and every day, whether it's personally or whether it's corporately, we're going up against this adversary. We're going up against this devil. We're going up against this, this this lion, you know? So we're on the same team. And so whenever we are, I'm going to start, I'm going to talk about them differently or separately. So I want to start off with the when we're playing on the offense. So we know when we're playing offense or when in the game of football when the when the when the team is playing offense, their main goal is to, you know, attack and make sure they're attacking the opposing team and the main objective is to score points or goals. So we have one main objective, like we gotta score. We got to score. We got to get down this field. We got to score. By all means, we have got to score. <laughs> but we got to make sure we're doing it without penalties. We don't want any flags thrown because if we have penalties, we have the flags thrown and it's going to prevent us or make it a little harder for us to score. So we've got to get down the field and we got to get down there as quick as we can, the best way we can, with no penalties, nothing. Get down there and score. All right, so you're probably wondering, okay, how does this relate to our spiritual life? I'm going to tell you. All right, so when we're talking about scoring, not that we're trying to earn any brownie points with our God, but when we're talking about scoring, we're trying to build the kingdom of God. So that's why I said we're on the same team. We're not competing with one another. Like, why am I competing with my sister, and my brother, to, to draw others to Christ? No, we're we're on the same team. So. All right, let's go to 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 through 5, talking about advancing the kingdom, building the kingdom. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5. All right, and it says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to pulling down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. All right, so this is one way that we advance the kingdom. So we know that we're not just up against flesh, but now nah, we're in a war. We're in a war not with the flesh, but we're going after this, these spirits, so it's not just the, it's 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 not the people, but it's the sin the in people. It's the spirit that is being controlled by by the devil. So no, we're not just going up a flesh, going up against flesh. We're going up against spirit. So that makes it a war. So not only are we not just playing, we're at war. We are at war at all times. And then if we, <coughs> and even if we make it personal. If we're honest, remember, we're always warring with our own flesh. So even before we go out in the field, we're warring with our own flesh. Because remember, we're still in the flesh, so there are going to be moments when our flesh is weak. There are going to be moments when it's going against the spirit. So we're warring with ourselves, and then when we get out in the field, we're warring against something much mightier than flesh. But it says, but mighty through God, so pulling down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. So anything that claims to be higher or more powerful than God or feel like they have more knowledge than God, no, 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 I'm pulling that down, casting that down and bringing it into captivity through the obedience of Christ, not through us, But it's through the name of Jesus Christ, because we know that name is powerful. The name is mighty. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So we we are going up against the enemy, but while we're going up against it, we have the name of Jesus. We have the power of Jesus. And, hey, it's wartime. You know, when those fellows are on the field, they don't care what's in front of them. They don't care who's in front of them. They just know that they have one objective in mind, and that is to score. So it's like, oh no, 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 we're not afraid of you. We're not afraid of our opponents because we've got our main objective in mind, and that is to score. We gotta to get to the end of that field. We gotta make it to the end. I don't care how strong you think you are. I don't care how powerful you think you are. Even if we may man, look, we may be the, the the worst team, but because we know what our objective is, we're not backing down. We're not backing down. So we're advancing the kingdom. That's how we advance the kingdom. We've got to know. We've got to know in the back of our mind, like, look, this ain't just no play-play fight, fight. We're not just fighting up against flesh, but, hey, we're going to war. All right, so how, how do we know what plays to make? How do we know which way to turn? How do we know, you know, how does the quarterback know how to throw the ball or pass the ball? Or how does he know just to, to run? How do we know when to run the ball? So we, gotta know, we have to be able to understand and decipher. We've got to know what, what, which play to use because we're not using the same play every time. We're not passing the ball every time. We're not going to run the ball every time because we know the opponent is going to catch on at some point. So how do we know which play to use? How do we know which way to turn, which way to go, which way to run? I'm going to tell you how. All right, let's go to Second Timothy 2 and 15. So we talked about advancing the kingdom. Next. Spend time in the Word. That's our playbook. That's our playbook. Second Timothy 2 and 15. And it says, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So we got to study. Players study the playbook. Coaches, they have their playbook. And so they have the playbook for a purpose or for a reason. When they're on the field, they know which plays to run. When we're out in the field, we got to know which play to run. Because, look, the, the the enemy is cunning, very skilled. And so what? We got to be more skilled. We got to know what's ahead of us. We got to know that the enemy is watching us. He's watching every move that we make. And so that's why we got to study and make sure no one don't try to, tri- you know, trip us up. You know how some people can just twist the word of God and make you feel like you don't know what you're talking about. So that's why he tells us in Timothy to study to show yourself approved so that way you won't, you won't be feeling the shame and next thing you know, this very same thing that you were speaking against, now you're speaking up for it. Mm-mm. So we've got to stay in our word. That's, that's our playbook. That is our manual. That That's all we need as far as when we're talking about trying to know which route to take. Because it, it's it's going to get a little tricky sometimes. The, the enemy is going to try to tri- trip you up. It's going to try to trick you, make you think you need to take this route. But no, no, no. Then you're going to know, no, I need to go this route. That's the purpose of the playbook. That's the purpose of our playbook. We have the word that will lead us and guide us and direct us and tell us which route to go. All right, so we've got advancing the kingdom, spending time in scripture or spending time in our playbook, Next thing we need to know, need to do. This goes without saying. Pray. Pray at all times. Pray. We we cannot make it in life, especially in the spiritual journey, without prayer. A prayer life is very imperative. We need a prayer life. If you do not have one, I encourage you to to, to develop one. You might say, I don't know how to pray. It doesn't have to be anything fancy. You don't have to scream and shout like we see some people do, like their own videos, screaming at God. No, it doesn't require all of that. Pray. If we go to First Thessalonians, Thessalonians, I'm just going to read the first part of it. So First Thessalonians, it says, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. That means don't stop. Don't stop because there's always going to be something that we need. We're always going to need direction. I'm sorry I didn't give out the actual scripture. First Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 16. So that was First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 16 and, verse, and just the first part of it. Rejoice always and pray without ceasing. So you can celebrate, you can rejoice and feel good, but hey, don't forget to pray. Do not forget to pray. Prayer is the tool. I'm I'm telling you, prayer is a it's a powerful tool. It's a tool that that helps us when we don't even realize it. Sometimes we don't even realize what's saving us, what's covering us, what's keeping us, and it's prayer. And there's another scripture that says, "The prayers of the righteous avail much." So if you claim to be righteous and you praying, hey. It's really going to mean something. So pray without ceasing. All right, so we've got advance from the kingdom, spending time in the word, in the playbook, praying at all times. And as I started from the beginning, we're all on the same team. So we've got to stay unified with Christ, stay unified with each other, and stay unified with Christ because we're on the same team. We're we're fighting this together, so there's no need for us to be fighting each other. Like, it, it makes no sense. If we're advancing the kingdom, why are we bickering? Why are we showing discord? No, why are we not getting along? Don't allow the enemy to, to interrupt this what we're trying to do, how we're trying to advance the kingdom. Do not allow any room for the devil, any room for confusion, but we're on the same team. Romans 12 and 16, Romans 12 and 16, it says rejoice with them that do rejoice, weep with them that weep. So instead of fussing with one another, instead of bickering, instead of confusion, instead of discord, no, I'm going to rejoice when you rejoice. I'm going to cry when you cry. When you're going through, I'm going through with you. I'm here to to be there for you, to be a a shoulder for you to lean on, to be a helping hand. when I know that you're down, I'm not just going to kick you down even further. I'm not going to push you down any lower than what you're really feeling. No, because we're on the same team. We don't do that to each other. What does that look like? You know, for example, what does that look like? We see a team on the field, and it has been seen before. It has been done. We see a team on the field. Instead of them going after their opponent, here they are trying to settle a disagreement. A disagreement. They're arguing on the field with each other. They're fighting with each other instead of fighting their opponent. Or or putting that same energy to go up against their opponent. What does that look like? How does that look?
1: That's, no,
0: we can't do that. But we can't do that with each other. If I'm if I'm gonna be a child of God and if I call you my brother and if I call you my sister, then why am I going to come up against you if we're on the same team? If we're both trying to advance the kingdom, that should not be taking place. Now, how many times do we see oh, churches not getting along with each other and then you've got people that are a part of the church who are not getting along and within that church? It's, no, that we can't advance the kingdom that way, and we can't expect non-believers to look at us or take us seriously whenever they see us bigger and with each other. Like, how does that look? Oh, we got preachers going after each other, pastors going after each other. Menace, no. How does that look? It's a bad look. It's a terrible look. And we're talking about advancing the kingdom. Whew. Yeah, we've all, we, I'm talking, myself and glue, we've all got some growing to do. But that's what it's all about. This is a face walk. No one has made it. No one's got it all together, and so we are continuing to strive to be better, striving to be more like Christ. But we, we've we got to stay unified in order to advance the kingdom of God. There, there, when we're talking about unity, there's power, like we say, power in numbers, but power in unity. Just think about how much more that we can accomplish moving as a unit. You know, we learned that at a young age. Teamwork. (laughs) So we got to stay unified. Um, Romans 14 and 19 said, let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace and things wherewith one may edify another. So, again, talking about teamwork, we got to make sure that we're lifting up one another, building one another, strengthening one another, edifying. Like, don't come to me with any mess. If it's not edifying, I don't want to hear it. If it's not going to build my character, if, not, if it's not going to strengthen my spirit, I don't want to hear it. Don't come to me with confusion. Don't come to me with gossip because I'm not about that. I don't want to hear it. And so we, we've we got to avoid that. Make a decision and say, no, I'm not going to be a part of that, and I'm not going to allow you to contaminate this team. You're not going to mess up this team. No. <laughs> so don't come to me with a mess. So, again, we got to stay unified. 1 Corinthians 1 and 10 says, Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing and that there be no divide among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. We've got to do this together. We've got to have the same mind. we got to speak the same thing. And, look, I know sometimes it is so discouraging because it is discouraging to me when I see People professing to be believers and Christians, and they're not talking the same way. And I'm like, no. You know? And I may not even know them personally, but when I see certain things, when I hear certain things, I'm like, what are you doing? We're on the same team. We're supposed to be doing that. And maybe you feel like I do. It just, it hurts. It hurts. And I know if it hurts me, it hurts the heart of God. We're supposed to stand for the same. Things, but yet everyone doesn't. And it can be so discouraging and so disheartening. And I, I I know I made myself a promise a long time ago, like when this first started bothering me when I was a little, a little younger, when I would see that other people who were supposed to be a part of the same body, like, when I'm talking about the body of Christ, but when I would see them do things not of God, it would hurt. And I'm like, this makes it so much harder for us. But you know what? At the end of the day, everyone makes their own decisions. God gives us free will. We all make a choice. But <laughs> when we're on the same team, we got to be like-minded. He tells us, be like-minded, the same thing. No divides among you. Perfectly joined together, same mind, same judgment. So it's like we kind of got to believe the same thing. And I'm not talking about your traditions and your doctrines, but I'm talking about believing the things, what like God says in his word, the things that he's against. Like we got to be this on the, one the accord. But, again, we've all got some growing to do. Um, let's go to Second Corinthians. 13 and 11, I'm almost finished with offense, 2 Corinthians 13 and 11. It says, finally, brethren, farewell. Be perfect. Be of good comfort. Be of one mind. Live in peace, and the God of love and peace shall be with you again. Be a good comfort. We've got to comfort one another. When we're going through, when your brother or your sister is going through, hey, we know that things are going to happen, heartache is going to happen. We're not going to always be at our best. Sometimes we're going to fall, we're going to fail, but we still got to comfort one another. We got to comfort our brothers. We got to comfort our sisters because we haven't been, we haven't always been where we are now. We didn't start off where we are. We had to work our way up. We we fell sometimes. We slipped. So, hey, have some compassion. Have some mercy. So they said, be in one mind, live in peace, and the God of love and peace shall be with you. And it's nothing like the love of God. When you really have the love of God, then you can be compassionate towards your sister and brother. You can have some mercy towards your sister and brother. Why? Because God was compassionate towards you. God had mercy on you. He died for us while we were still sinning, while we were yet sinners, Christ died. So he could have just left us in our sin, left us in our mess. What if we didn't make it out of what we were in? So what does that say? Hey, when your sisters and brothers, when they're if they're in a fault, restore them out of meekness. Show some, show some love. Show some, show some compassion. Show some mercy. Because guess what? We still ain't got it all together. We still ain't perfect. So while I'm on your team, hey, if I see that you threw an interception, or if I see that you fumbled the ball, look. In the moment, <laughs> in the moment, I might get upset. But, hey, what about the time when I may have fumbled or when I let go or when I sinned or when I done wrong? God still showed me some mercy. So guess what? I got to show you some mercy. I got to show you some mercy. I got to show you some love. Not the first, you you're not the last to do it. We all slip. We all fall. So I'm going to show some mercy. I'm going to show some love. I'm going to be compassionate because what? We're on the same team. We've got the same goal in mind. Colossians 3 and 14. Colossians 3 and 14. It says, and above all things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. Again, love, the perfect bond, the perfect bond. When and when you have love, Nothing or no one can break that bond. And, you know, and, and trust me, people will be jealous of that bond. And they'll wonder, like, okay, so how did that bond get like that? Because of love? Because of love. I mean, it's the greatest, greatest gift. The greatest gift. And God has shown his love towards us. He He formed that bond with us when he, when he sent his son Jesus to die. Like, the bond is real. <laughs> for real, the bond is real. So I'm grateful for the bond that God has with us individually and collectively. And so we must cherish that bond and have that same bond, form that same bond with our teammates. All right, so that was with our offense, when we're playing the offense. So now when we're talking about a team, we got three different teams, but in the game of life, and our spiritual life, we're playing all three, right? <laughs> so we got to play offense. We got to be on defense. And we're special teams. So we don't get a break. Because <laughs> remember, the devil, he doesn't he doesn't take a break. So if the devil don't take a break, then we can't take a break either. Like, we've got to be on our C's and Q's at all times because he's going to try to catch us when we're slipping. He's going to try to catch us when we sleep. But he never sleeps and he never slumbers, but we know that God doesn't either. So as long as we have him, we still have some power to make it through. All right, so when we're playing defense, so on defense, we're trying to prevent the other team from scoring, right? (laughs) So we're trying to prevent the devil from taking over. Our lives and the lives of our friends and our loved ones. So we're trying to prevent just the enemy from scoring. So there are certain approaches that we got to take. There are some things that we got to do. First of all, we got to play smart. But before I get to play smart, another uh, one thing that works for offense and defense, but I want to save this for deep, more so for defense, but it works for offense. So while we're playing offense and defense. One thing that is for certain is that we got to look the part. we got to dress the part. And some of you may know where I'm about to go. But every team wears uniforms. They're always unified. They always look the same. So if you're on one team, you might wear certain colors. Everyone is going to have on those same colors, whether it's one color, two colors, or three colors. And most of the time they're going to have on the same shoes. But they have to be unified. And they have to have on gear. So with football, they have the shoulder pads, they might have the leg pads, Um, certainly have the cups on inside, but they are geared up, geared up uniform, and they have that helmet on because we know year, for years there have been issues with concussions and all kind of hits, and I just feel like it's going to it's going to get worse, and with that getting worse, I think they're going to change up some of these tips and add some more penalties. I feel like we're heading into that direction because you already know if you if you hit that quarterback the wrong way, you automatically get that penalty of rushing the passer, and they're getting, getting more and more deeper with that. So I feel like overall it's going to change drastically, which it already has. But with these uniforms, and these and the gear and the pads, they put it on for their safety, right? And so um, even inside the helmet, they have a little bit of padding in it because, you know, our head phew, is important because our brain is there. Our sens- the central station of our body, <laughs> our so human body, our mind and our brain. So that's definitely ha- that definitely has to be protected. So we have these uniforms on. And so the same way with our spiritual life, we have to be geared up. We have to be uniform. We have to make sure that we are covered, because if we're not covered, man, we're going to get messed up. So um, imagine an individual going out on the field with no gear on, no helmet, no pad, nothing. He's going to be broke up, (laughs) tore up, broke up, uh, man, won't be able to move, but it's important that we have on the right gear. So Ephesians 6 and 10, Ephesians 6 and 10. Very, very, very familiar. talk about how we can protect ourselves, how we cover ourselves. <clears throat> Ephesians 6 and 10, it says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. This is how we're strong. This is how we can be great on that field. This is how we can be. <laughs> I was going to say be the ghost, but <laughs> i won't go there. But this is how we can be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So it says, put on the whole armor of God, the whole armor, the whole nine yards from head to toe. If you want to be covered, if you want to be strong, this is what you got to do. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Those hits, those attacks, those darts, those punches, like every sack that's coming after you, he said, make sure that you put this on so that you can stand against it. Because I'm telling you, you, don't, you might have to take some hits. But as long as you're covered, you'll be able to get back up. You'll be able to bounce back up. So you'll be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Again, it's letting us know this is not just a physical fight. But even though it's not a physical fight, these hits can still knock the air out of us, knock us down, make us feel like we did get beat up physically. But we're not fighting against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, the darkness, the evil, the violence, the killing, everything from the enemy is the darkness of this world. Against spiritual wickedness in high places. Then so we're going to have to deal with these things coming from up above, not just what we see every day, but we're talking about people who are in sitting in high positions and high places. Wherefore, Says, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be a blessing to withstand in the evil day and have a done all to stand. And so you can go further and it tells you the helmet and the, your 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 helmet of salvation, the shield of faith, your lawn skirt your your skirted. So um it tells you what this whole armor looks like. I don't have time to go through all of it, but it tells you how to be fully armor and this is the only way that we're able to stay strong and operate with the power of God because we cannot do this we cannot do this on our own strength we can't win on our own strength we can't attack on our own strength we won't be able to prevent the enemy on our own strength because we're not capable of doing it we don't have that kind of power we've got power but we need that the power of God the power of his might in order to go against the devil, because if we try, tell me, it's going to whoop our butt, <laughs> it's going to whoop our tail. It, we we can't stand against, we don't stand a chance. And so that's why he said, hey, you got to put this armor on so that you're able to withstand against all of this. All of this is coming after you, because guess what is going to come? Because remember, it says, no weapon formed against me, prosper. So it's going to come. And so if you read verses um, 14 on down to 17, it gives you the, the full armor, what you need. And I may have time to come back to it after our prayer, but it gives you the full armor of what you need to be able to stand against the, the enemy. Um, we've got to play smart, trying to, trying to move it off. You've gotta play smart. So First Peter five and eight it says, "Be sober, be diligent, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, feeling, seeing who he may devour." So he's he's cunning. So he's prowling. So in our defense mode, we gotta make sure we're vigilant. We gotta make sure that we're watchful. We gotta make sure we're paying attention. We can't slip because the moment we slip, the moment you're not watching somebody going to come and knock the ball out. <laughs> somebody going to come and knock the ball out of hand. If you're not holding it close enough, if you're not watchful, you're not paying attention, somebody going to come and knock that ball out your hand mm. because he, that's what he's trying to do, get us off course, trying to prevent us from stopping him. Like, he's trying to score, so we got to prevent him. So we've got to make sure that we are sober and, and vigilant, always watching, being watchful. Because he's always watching us. Always. And so lastly, our special team, like I said, they're usually overlooked, but they're unique. They play unique roles and contribute to field positions and, and even to some points. And so our way of contributing to the kingdom is using our gifts. It's our talents, the things that God has blessed us with to contribute to the kingdom of God and advancing the kingdom, you know? And so we use our gifts, we use our skills, we use our talents, what God has given us so that we are able to advance the kingdom, we're able to score, and that we're able to prevent the devil or prevent the other team from scoring. And so we're going to pause right there because we come to the time of our our call of salvation and our prayer, Um, wherever you're listening Maybe maybe you don't know God or maybe you don't have him in your life and would like to invite him into your life and accept him because, you know, Jesus loves you. He loves you so much. You, you mean so much to him. I don't know if anyone has ever told you that before. But if not, I'm letting you know that you mean the world to him. Why do I say that? Because he loves the world so much that he gave his only son He gave his only son so that if you believe in him, that you won't perish but have everlasting life. And that's found in John 3 and 16 where it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And so that's why I say I know that God loves you. And even if you think you may be the worst person, you may have done The worst thing in the world, but guess what? God still loves you. He still loves you. And so if you you would like to accept him into your life, if you want to invite him into your life, he tells him, behold, he stands at the door and knock. So would you let him in? Will you let him in? It's very simple. He tells him to confess your sins. All you have to do is confess your sins to him. Remember, we all have sinned and come short to the glory of God. No one is perfect. No one is perfect. So just confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised his son Jesus from the dead and you shall be saved. So believe with your heart and confess with your mouth that you believe that Jesus was raised from the dead, and you can be saved. Your sins will be forgiven, and you can begin a new life with Christ. And it can be a beautiful decision to to start a new life with God, a part of it, daily, daily. And you can begin, you know, become a part of this team so that we can all advance the kingdom. And we can fight against this this adversary who is trying to prevent us from being saved and and prevent us from having everlasting life. But we know that God gives us the strength and the power. So I encourage you to invite him into your life tonight. And if you're ready to accept him and start this new life, you can pray with me. Father, we thank you. We thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross to save us from all of our sins. God, we believe that you sent him. We believe that you love us, and we believe that you want better for us. God, we repent of all of our wrongdoings. God, we ask for your forgiveness. God, remove everything that's not like you, everything that we may have done wrong, knowingly or unknowingly. God, we thank you for being a forgiving God. We thank you for being a God who will wash all of our sins away and make us white as snow. And, Father, we ask that you come into our hearts tonight, help us to accept you fully and make our hearts readily available to accept all of you. God, we ask for your guidance. We ask for your direction. We ask for manifestation to give us the strategy to use on this spiritual life and in this spiritual journey. God, we thank you for what you have done for us. We thank you for how you have kept us, how you continue to bless us and protect us. Father, we ask that you continue to watch over us and our families, our friends, our loved ones, everyone who's connected to us. God, we pray for those who are sick, those who need a healing, those who are in the hospital, those that are in their home, and who need a touch from you. God, you declare that with your stripes we are healed, and so, God, we speak healing even right now. God, send your word where we can go. God, we pray for those who are in nursing homes. We pray for those who are in the prison walls. God, we pray that you just send your deliverance power, touch their minds. Oh, God, we ask that you send your saving powers. Those who need you at this very moment, God, we ask that you just transform their minds. Give them a new beginning. Help them to know that you still love them, that you still care. And God, we ask that you look on those who are in office and authority—our president, our vice president, and each and every one of them—down. Those in Congress, those are in the House. God, we help, we hope help, we pray that you just help them to make sound decisions that would affect your people. God, we pray for the the uh, Morocco where the earthquake happened. God, there were so many lives that were lost, but God, I pray for the families who are mourning the lost loved ones and pray for those who are still out there and they're trying to get to their rescue. God, I pray that you strengthen them and save them. God, I pray for the man that was stuck in the cave. God, I pray that you allow them to make it out safely and touch his body, whatever condition that it may be in. God, we pray for those that are in war and those who are being affected about by it. God, we thank you for just everything that you allow us to go through. You give us the strength to come out victorious. For those who are going through right now, God, I pray that you give them the strength and, and the courage to go through and see them through. God, we know that you're able. There's nothing too hard for you, and you wouldn't put us through the test if you didn't think that we can take it. God, we thank you. We love you, and we honor you and give you all the praise. It is in Jesus name we pray amen, 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 all right at this time we're gonna have our announcement for purpose team Network Barbara the rock
1: yes, we praise the Lord, and we just uh thank thank you Minister jackson uh, minister Colvin, for uh giving us tonight's lesson and um learning how to protect ourselves and also defend ourselves and also. The special knowledge that we do have of spirit, you know, fighting the spiritual warfare the fight in the spirit. Okay, hey, real quickly, this is the private Purpose Kingdom Network. i like to thank each and every one of you for joining us for tonight's episode, no matter where in the world you are. Whether you listen to us online or via phone, we greatly appreciate your listenership and support for us here at Purpose Kingdom Network. And we also thank those that let their family members know that Purpose Kingdom Network is on the air. Anytime we do a live broadcast, we're broadcasting live on www.blogtalkradio.com backslash Purpose Kingdom. Anytime we do a live show, we do have a calling number, which is 319-527-6091. Anytime you want to talk to any one of our hosts, you just press the number one. We also um, invite you to like us on our Facebook page, which is the Purpose Kingdom. At Facebook, we see our upcoming shows and advertisements, and from time to time, we do make major announcements on the social media pages as well as others. We're also on Instagram and Twitter under Purpose underscore Kingdom. Uh, we also do have a radio network, which is pkn.com. And there you can listen to 24 hours of music of inspiration. We also have an email address where you can email us at purposekingdomnet@gmail.com. at gmail.com. We can send your comments, questions, concerns. You can simply say hello or just send a praise request. Also, if you're in need of a Bible, you can leave the contact information and we can see about getting you a Bible. Okay, and uh, tomorrow evening at the 9 p.m. hour, we will have this show, It's Your stories So Tell It. And that's going to be hosted by Mother Janice Hudson. And once again, with well, God's well, God's blessing, we'll be joining us tomorrow evening at the 9 p.m. hour for It's Your Story, So Tell It, hosted by our mother, Janice Hudson. Okay, and with that, it's going to be the end of the announcements. I want to hand the show back over to Minister Colvin.
0: Oh, all right, thank you for those, those announcements, those were off. All... all right, so um, since I do have a few minutes left, um, I do want to go back and finish the scripture where we started in, um, that was Ephesians 6, because we were talking about how we can be armed excuse me, how we can be armed to take on the attacks of the devil and how we can make sure that we're fully covered. So this is coming from Ephesians chapter six. And so we started at verse eleven or I'm sorry, verse ten. So Ephesians six and ten says, Finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil well this is a different version, I'm sorry, different scheme or the wiles of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. So that that again lets us know this is not just a physical fight, but this is a spiritual fight. We are at spiritual warfare. This is not a, this is not individuals, you know, that we are fighting or that we're warring against, but this is real. Like This is not a test, but this is real. We're fighting against these, excuse me, spiritual forces. 13 13 verse says, therefore put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand. So this is why we need to put this full armor on because there is going to be a day evil, and we're not, going, we're not going to be able to call on our sister or a brother or mama or daddy, but you're going to be able to stand against it yourself. So you got to know how to use these strategies, use the playbook, hey, use the scripture. This is how you fight, but you got to have this on. Stand firm, then, with the belt of truth, buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So we need all of this prayer, scriptures, the word, all of this, faith, got to be ready, the gospel of peace, righteousness. I said the truth. So we've got to make sure that we are fully equipped, fully armored, and fully covered, because otherwise we won't be able to stand against this darkness or stand against these evil forces. It's not going to be a walk in the park. This, this is what we're dealing with. And it's getting worse now than it ever has been. I mean, I can think back even when I was a child. And you know it wasn't that long ago. <laughs> it wasn't that long ago, but I definitely see a difference in time. I mean, we are just times are just very, very peril. Yeah. When I used to hear about the scripture like perilous times will come, we are living in the days of perilousness. <laughs> like this, there we are in the peril days, perilous days. We really are, and. We just got to make sure that we're geared up and fully armored because I can't depend on mama, daddy, faster. I got to fight this for myself. You've got to fight this for yourself. But, again, um, I hope you took notes, and I hope that everything that's been said tonight has been helpful and you can use it for your journey. But I do appreciate all of our listeners, whether you've listened by phone or listening online. Thank you for tuning in to Kingdom Network. I appreciate it so, so much. Appreciate the opportunity. I hope that you have a wonderful evening. Enjoy the rest of your night. Enjoy the rest of your week. Make sure you stay fully armored, fully covered. Keep praying. Stay prayerful. Stay prayerful. And, and we've already got the tools that we need. It's nothing that you have to go out and buy, but it's right here in the Word of God. So be encouraged. God is with you. You have the greatest weapon, so use it. Use your weapon. <laughs> and I'm not just talking about your prayers because I know the song said my praise is my weapon. Yes, it can be a point of your weapons, but you got some other weapons that you're going to need. <laughs> but you all have a wonderful night and know that God loves you, and I love you too. Good night.
1: Jesus led. He raised me, he
0: I will, will not lose. He saved me, I, I will, will not lose. Set I, 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 I will not lose. Never wanna see me down, I will na, not
1: lose.